Well, hey, everyone. Thanks again so much for joining us uh, tonight at the project. Um, hey, good to see you. Sorry. Um, that's one sitting, uh, I know him. It's fine. But hope you're doing well, Jake. Good to see you. Anyways, um, I don't know about you guys. Have you ever been embarrassed on your birthday? I feel like there's like this weird tension of like not wanting to be the center of attention, but then like you also like strive off of it or like maybe that's just me, I don't know. Um, but this past year, uh, I invited like a decent sized group of friends uh, to go for a picnic and then to go for ice cream. And so if you're familiar, there's a place called Made by Marcus, if anyone knows about it. To, no one does. Okay, cool. You should go there. It's a great ice cream place. And I go there every year on my birthday and I take a picture. It's just like this tradition. So I was like, okay, we're going to go get some pizza and then we're going to go to my favorite place to go on September 12th, made by Marcus. I love it. And so that was my plan. And earlier on in the day, um, I was running some errands and I ran into uh, this pastor couple that I know. And like, I'm not the type of person to be like, it's my birthday. Celebrate me. Now, maybe some of you are like that, I, I, I'm not, but um, it just didn't really come up when I was talking to them, and so I just like went along with the rest of my day, and then fast forward, I'm at Made by Marcus with my friends, and there was like a decent sized group of us, so like there was one half of my friend group that was like towards the front of the line, and another half that was like towards the back, and I was with the friends that were towards the back, because I had to run to my car, and so my friends at the front, Funny enough, they also run into this pastor couple, and one of my friends knows them, and she starts talking to them, and they're like, oh, like, what are you doing here? And she's like, oh, like, I'm celebrating my friend's birthday, and they're like, oh, like, which friend? She's like, Abby Martin, and they're like, weird, like, we just saw her today, and, like, she didn't mention anything about a birthday, and so before I know it, eventually I get into the ice cream shop. If you've ever been to Made by Marcus, the line just, like, goes for days, especially in the summer, um, so I get to the front, and then the husband proceeds to lead the whole ice cream shop in happy birthday. And I also forgot that he is operatically trained. And so I have a video of, of this moment. We'll get it um, up on the screen so that you can also witness um, just how uncomfortable I am as, as a person. Do you know the song, Happy Birthday? Yes. It's Abby's birthday. Take me right back. attention um obviously uh didn't really know how to handle that but so like I was equal parts like red in the face but also like oh, these people care about me oh my goodness um and to top it all off I did get a discount on my ice cream so Jono if you're watching we'll see you at the same place next year but I think what's worse than like a public uh gesture on your birthday is everyone completely forgetting your birthday all together and maybe you've had that happen to you and if you have I'm really sorry, and like, just let me know when your birthday is. I'll sing you happy birthday at Made by Marcus if you want, um, and it will be great. But um, I'm sure you're aware 
if you haven't heard it a million times already, you know there's a pretty important birthday coming up next week. It's Jesus's. Um, even though the Bible doesn't actually give us like the exact date that he was born, but um, historically we just celebrated on December 25th. It's actually really fascinating if you look it up. But um, you know we do a lot for this big day. You know, it's a stat holiday. There's an an entire genre of music and movies that are dedicated to the season. And even that, like, you know, Christmas, his birthday, we consider it to be a whole season. You know, even in July, like, there's already, like, Christmas decor out. Oh, hello, microphone. And as soon as the first snowflake hits the ground, if not before, Starbucks is always like, they're already ready with your favorite holiday beverage. You know, we don't play around during this time of year. And, you know, I'd like to hope and wish one day that, like, my birthday could also conjure up some type of season where people are, like, making drinks in my honor and, like, a full music genre. But I doubt that'll happen. But there's the idea if you want to take it. But in all seriousness, you know, I think we can all agree that, you know, this time of year, it's always eventful and maybe even a little stressful. And our focus can be all over the place. You know, maybe you're like me and like you can't fully get into uh, the Christmas spirit until you're done school. And then all of a sudden it's December 18th and you still haven't bought your family their Christmas gifts yet. Uh, sorry, mom, if, if you're watching. And uh, you know, maybe you're, you're working really hard on a Christmas production at church or you're hosting one too many Christmas parties. You know, I found some stats that showed um, in Canada like how much was spent in December 2016 on various items during the holidays. And um, here's some notable ones. $5.1 billion was spent on food and beverages, $417.8 million on toys and video games and hobby supplies, and $150 million on cosmetics and fragrances. It also said that there was 5.2 million liters produced of eggnog. Um, I don't know who's responsible for that one. But it seems like we spare little expense to make our Christmases memorable. But through all the busyness through all the eggnog, um, I would argue that like this type of conflict can arise. Um, you know, for people who don't identify as Christians, you know, it, it makes sense to regard Christmas as like a nice, fun holiday um, and to not really recognize its spiritual significance. But even for people who are Christians, you know, we find ourselves so consumed with the event of Christmas itself that we forget whose birthday it actually is. You know, for some, Christmas is like the two-second breather you get in between semesters or uh, a break you get off of work. Or maybe it's like the complete opposite because there's like just some really complicated family dynamics and it's actually like a really hard time for you. Or maybe you're dreading the holidays because it's your first or fourth or 20th Christmas without a loved one. You know, wherever you find yourself this year, it's possible that our circumstances impact the way we celebrate. And if we find ourselves so fixated on the details or the stress or the negative emotions, we can lose sight of who we're actually supposed to be celebrating. And in Jesus's case, this happened pretty often. Uh, first off, his birth wasn't really celebrated culturally until about the fourth century, so long after he ascended back up into heaven. And uh, traditionally, the emphasis was placed on his death and resurrection, which we celebrate at Easter. But if we dive into the Christmas story, uh, specifically in the book of Luke in the New Testament, we can see that even uh, some people in the Christmas story, 
itself, you know, they don't seem overly concerned with the birth of Jesus. And as a result, they ultimately miss out on the joy and the hope that he brings. So let's read in Luke uh, chapter two, verses one to seven. Those should come up on the screen here. It says, in those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was the governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And if you grew up in church or you're familiar with this story, you know, you might have, like me, you know, a little bit of beef with like this innkeeper guy. You know, like on one hand, I kind of get it. Like I wouldn't be thrilled if like I had an Airbnb and someone wanted to give birth in it. I, I understand the reservation. Um, but to let someone who's about to have a child give birth where the animals are kept, like that, that ain't it. And I know, I don't know if you have like your nativity scene set up and like, you know, we sing all these really nice songs about how, oh, like the donkeys and everyone's there and it's so, like giving birth is one of the most terrifying and most intense processes ever. Imagine doing that in a stinky stable. That is not as nice as we portray it to be. They're not as cute and as precious as we think. But if that's, you know, how you see the story, and that's, that's how I did too, I want to challenge your understanding a little bit. You know, first off, there's actually no explicit mention of an innkeeper in the story. Let me read verse 7 one more time. It says, And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. See? You know, all it says is that there was no room for them, no place for them in the inn. And get this, you know, when we think of an inn, normally we think of like a hotel type situation, um, but a more accurate translation of the original Greek word uh, for inn, it translates to like a guest chamber or an upper room. And so there's actually a possibility that the rejection that they faced was actually from Joseph's family. You know, think about it. If they were in Bethlehem, Joseph's hometown for a census, he would have had relatives there. So whether it was a family mat a member, in fact, who wasn't willing to make room or it was a local innkeeper who was stressed to the max. You know, Jesus was pushed away and forced to enter the world under conditions of shame and rejection. And so, you know, what can we learn from the person or the people that didn't make room for Jesus in the story? There's a few things. The first is that we can fail to recognize Jesus. You know, another layer in this story that makes it so fascinating is that the Jewish people were waiting for years for their Savior or their Messiah to come and save them. And I mean years, okay? Like there was a span of 400 years where God didn't speak to the Jewish people and nothing new was being revealed to them. So they were ready for someone to come and save them from Roman rule, but the expectation was like this big like political leader who would release them from their oppression. You know, they were definitely not expecting him to come to the world uh, born as a child, a baby amongst animals and to a poor family. You know, maybe if Joseph's family or the innkeeper truly knew who Jesus was, more effort would have gone into making a more suitable arrangements for his birth. 
you know, maybe some other guests would have gotten kicked out of their room, you know, to, like, make room for our Lord and Savior. But I think sometimes we can share in that same failure. You know, we might sing songs about Jesus in the season, uh, you know, see him in the nativity scenes. We might come to the project or go to Christmas Eve services. You know, we might do all of the things that we're supposed to do. And while all of those things are important and they're beautiful, you know, we run the risk of going through the motions and not taking time to truly know who Jesus is and working on developing our relationship with him. You know, because Christmas is about so much more than what we do. You know, it's about truly knowing who we are celebrating. And secondly, it's easy to disregard Jesus. It's easy to disregard Jesus. The innkeeper or the family member ultimately dismissed Jesus and didn't want to make any sacrifices to give him and his parents a suitable place to stay. You know, it would have cost them something. A little more time, a little more effort, probably an uncomfortable conversation with someone who was already settled in their room. You know, it, it would have been really inconvenient. And we may find ourselves in a similar place with our lives, you know, where we can't be bothered to make Jesus a priority or we don't want to give up the control we have in our lives. You know, here at the project, we believe that living a Jesus-based lifestyle is the best decision you can ever make. You know, why? Because the notion that there's a God who created you, who created this earth, who loves you beyond comprehension is a beautiful thing. And the fact that Jesus came to earth in such a humble way with the intention of saving humanity from the consequence of our evilness and our mistakes, which is death, you know, it's the best gift that we could ever receive to have him come and take our place. And so as a response to that sacrifice, you know, we live in obedience to the rules and the boundaries that God has given us, and that helps us to know him more and to grow in our relationship and understanding of him. And the thing is in life, you know, we're always serving something or someone. It could be money or recognition or our careers or a significant other. And while those things aren't inherently bad, you know, at the end of the day, material things and status are temporary. You know, they, they don't care about you at the, when it's all said and done. And as great as people are, you know, they're not perfect and they will inevitably let you down in some way or another. You know, I can say with full certainty in my own life that, you know, the times that I placed my preferences above God, you know, those were some of the worst times that I faced. But on the flip side, you know, the best times in my life have been when I surrendered to what God wants for my life and allowed him to take control. You know, it's not always easy. It's not always comfortable. It's not always convenient. But it's well worth it in the long run. And so the last similarity uh, between that can exist between us and, you know, those in this story that maybe didn't make room for Jesus that I want to talk about today, it's that we can be too busy for him. You know, there was a lot going on at the time of Jesus' birth, especially with the census happening and how many people would have been traveling in and out. You know, people were busy, and result, that resulted in them making no space for Jesus. And this is a theme that we can see repeating every Christmas. You know, as I alluded to it earlier, we all have something going on in our lives, and that can lead us to feeling maybe really busy or really stressed around this time of year. And I'd probably argue that we can feel this throughout the year in our lives. You know, maybe we feel like we're too busy for church, we're too busy to join a small group, and to be, intention in 
to be in an intentional community with other people who want to grow in their faith. You know, we're too tired to read our Bibles, and the idea of taking an hour or even a few minutes to pray, that just won't work for our schedule. And I'm not saying these things to guilt trip you or to make you feel bad, because I often find myself in the same boat too, and I, I work at a church. But let me just challenge all of us by saying this. You know, is it a matter of you not having enough time for Jesus or you not making room for him? Is it a matter of you not having enough time for Jesus or you not making enough room for him? Our time is valuable, and if we don't guard and prioritize our, what needs to be prioritized, we'll be controlled by the constant demands of life. We know that they never stop. And I'm not saying that you have to be like this super Christian who has it all figured out, who always does the right things. That's not what I'm saying. But if you want to experience Jesus' hope and his peace and his comfort, you have to make space for him. You know, just like with a friend or with a significant other, how do you expect to grow a relationship if you're not spending time with that person, getting to know them? Like I said before, you know, it would have cost the innkeeper something to make room for Jesus. And in the same way, it will cost us something as well. Maybe our time, maybe our preferences, maybe our comfort. But know that the end result of knowing the God who made you and who loves you so deeply, that far outweighs that effort, that initial sacrifice that it costs us. And so as we prepare for Christmas this week, I seriously can't believe that, that it's almost here. I say that every year, I, I, I swear. But I encourage you to just really evaluate um, where you're at. You know, maybe you've been going through the motions for years. Maybe you've been coming to the project for a long time. You're serving, you're plugged in, you're getting involved. Like all of those good things. But maybe you truly don't know who Jesus is. Maybe you haven't made that room for him yet in your life. Maybe you found yourself, again, just making space and time for everything else in your life. Everything else but him, and now you feel distant. Or perhaps, you know, the stress of the holidays has caused you to place the birthday boy on the back burner. You know, wherever you're at, I encourage you not to lose sight of the hope that Jesus brings in this season. You know, don't lose sight of it. Whether you're dreading being with family next week or you're like 12 movies deep into your Hallmark Christmas movie marathon, wherever you find yourself, don't forget who we're celebrating and make sure you take time to honor him. If I could have the band come out. And I have some practical steps here that you can take to do that. And so the first one is just, it's simple. It's a Bible reading plan. Um, maybe that's a, an area in your life that you're maybe struggling with. And I get it. I've, I've been there. Um, scan this QR code. What it'll do, it'll take you to the YouVersion Bible app. It'll take you to the projects page. We actually have a plan um, that you can, you can join. It's a five-day one. It's, it's not a ton of reading. There's just a little devotional and some verses that you can just think about throughout your day. And that might just be the thing that gets you on the right track. You know, as Chloe and Ayanna talked about, we have our Christmas Eve services coming up uh, on the 23rd and on the 24th. And we would love to have you join us. Um, you can, again, scan the QR code for more information. Um, 
yeah, and this is a great opportunity to invite people to church as well. Um, it's statistically proven that people are the most open to coming to church during the holidays. So maybe there's someone else that you know is struggling and uh, maybe they're not making that space for Jesus in their lives either. And maybe this is the invitation they need. Maybe that's the step that they need. So we encourage you to come out to one of those services. And the last one is prayer. Um, this is something that we really value here at the project and that we, yeah, take really seriously. And so um, if there's just anything going on in your life right now, whether it's something that we should celebrate or something that's maybe not so great, again, you can just scan that QR code and just let us know how you're doing, what's up. And uh, we as a staff will take time to pray into those things for you. And so as we prepare to continue to worship together, I just, uh, yeah, I encourage you, let's, let's stand. And I encourage you to just think about what your next step is. You know, what do you need to do to make room for Jesus? Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for the incredible gift of your birth. We thank you that in a time of silence that you came down to give humanity hope and a future and that because of that, we get to live today, that we, we get to know you today. And so I just pray for everyone here in this room and everyone that's watching online, Lord, you know, you know where we're at. And I pray that your spirit, and, and not in like a mean and condemning way, but just in like a gentle way, Lord, that you would just show us maybe those areas where, you know, we're not surrendering our lives to you. Those areas where we're not giving you the space that you need. You know, we can't live in that tension of wanting, of, of, of needing control, but then also wanting to serve you. It's, it's a tricky one, but Lord, I just pray that you would help us to surrender in those areas, to make room for you, Lord whatever that looks like for us. We thank you, we praise you, amen. Let's continue to worship together.